Welcome to the Deep Dive Spirituality Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Brian Russell, and today I'm going to do a solo cast deep dive episode on the whole issue of, of mastery, or a way to think about this is what does it look like to walk the path rather than just focus on the destination that we're trying to arrive at. This is critical from a spiritual perspective. It's critical from a fulfillment perspective because one of our deepest needs as humans, especially if we want to live life to the fullest, become the, that person that God created us to be, is growth and actually contributing out of our growth to the world. And to do that, we need to move from just a place of trying to get somewhere to actually recognizing that the path itself is the destination. I'm going to be focusing on pulling together a bunch of ideas about learning. Again, I've been teaching now since really I was 25 years old, so I have 30 years of teaching Plus, I've been a student, and I was actually a really good student for most of my life. I'm one of those people that it's kind of funny. I've either I've been in school since I was four years old, so I have 51 years of experience in school as either a student myself or as actually a faculty member. Plus, I've learned lots of other things over the years, everywhere from learning to coach soccer, youth soccer, and rec and learning how to put plans in to help other people to get better. I've my coaching practice where I've uh, learned to help other people become better and more effective learners and take self-leadership of their own growth. And so all I think about most of the time is growth. But the reason for this episode, and if you listen to my episode on uh, on key lessons from 2023 is I found myself in a period of real stagnation, especially in terms of my role as a professor of, of biblical studies. And the lights have come back on for me, and it's I've gotten some key insights about uh, this, and I want to give you a framework now, whether you're a professional and, and and have a certain vocation, particularly if you're a pastor or a spiritual leader or maybe even a coach, where at some point you can get to a place where you can lean on your past and it will be enough to get you through your present. But what that does when we essentially quit focusing on growth is we kind of become that cliche. We become that rock star who, as they get older, only plays their greatest hits package because they're not capable of creating awesome music anymore, and they're just living out of their past. And so what I want, I'm hoping that this does is inspire you to step in to learning new things, to going even deeper into your current area of expertise. And if you're just getting started, also to give you some tools to help you get over the humps, the obstacles that always arise when we're learning something new. I want to recommend a book 
that I would almost call transformational. It's called Mastery by George Leonard. And I just want you to know, I don't rec- I do recommend books, but between Christmas of 2023 and the first week of January 2024, I read this book three times and listened to the audiobook twice. I like it that much. It literally gave me a new perspective. I want to bring some of that and pull together ideas that I've had for a long time about teaching. Now, before I get into the meat of the episode, if you find this helpful, would you please consider sharing this with your own networks, whether it's by email or by social media? If you want to leave a review for the show, that would be an outstanding way to help others find it. And a way that you can support my work, an easy way, especially if you shop on Amazon anyway, is just consider going through one of the links in the show notes Even if you don't want the product, like obviously I'm going to link to this book, Mastery, but if you just follow the link and then you go buy whatever you usually buy on Amazon, I'll get a little affiliate royalty back from Amazon, and we're not talking about a lot, and it doesn't affect your price at all, but that would allow uh, me to be able to pay for the place where these videos get hosted and and, uh, and other things. So I just want to thank you in advance for that. If I could be of any service, reach out to me at brian at brianrussellphd.com, and you can also check out my website, Brian Russell PhD, for links to my books, podcasts, uh, my blog, as well as to all the information on my coaching, especially my signature programs that I have set up for pastors and spiritual leaders to help you go really deep in grace so that you can play a long game and be in ministry for the long haul. All right. Well, let's jump into it. I want to start this with with a one of my favorite scenes from the movie Matrix. And it's getting closer to the end. Neo and Trinity have just saved Morpheus. And there's this incredible helicopter scene where Neo begins to move less like a a finite human and more like he's able to transcend the matrix. So he's starting to become what looks like the one and Morpheus is super excited. And in this powerful scene on the rooftop, Morpheus turns to Trinity and says, Trinity, do you believe now? And Neo tries to say, no, no, no. The Oracle said, and Morpheus interrupts Neo with this classic line. And he says, there's a difference between knowing the path and walking the path. So much of our thinking, friends, and our growth, and this can be both spiritual growth or growth in any discipline, the problem comes from almost that exact thing. We want to know the path. We want clarity. We want 10 steps. We want 30 days to Uh, mastery. When the distinction that we need to make in the life that we need to embrace is that there is no finish line. There's a path, but we'll never see the finish line. And in fact, the game that we play 
isn't a game of all eternity. We're finite. We always will be. God is infinite. The life that the world, this infinity can't be comprehended by the finite. So we'll always be on the path. Those of you who know me and have listened to maybe all of the episodes know at different times along, I talk about, I believe the goal for all eternity is our growth and love for God and our love for neighbor. It's a difference between knowing the path and walking the path. And what we need to learn to do is to learn to love walking the path and surrender from our need to know when we're finished. Another funny scene that I've always liked, I've always been a big fan of the Shrek series. And I think it was Shrek too. There's that hilarious scene when Shrek, Fiona, and Donkey, I forget where they're traveling to, but the donkey annoyingly keeps going, are we there yet? Are we there yet? And the answer is going to be no. And so that's even the wrong question. It's not, are we there yet? It's how far can I get? How far can I get? How far can you get, friends, in eternity, in all eternity? How far can you get? want to introduce some learning. So you could picture whatever you do, whether you're a pastor and you craft sermons and teach or learn how to lead better, uh, whether you're an accountant, what, whatever your profession, a carpenter, a great parent, whatever. There's levels of learning. I try to bring this up to my students at the beginning of every semester because every semester is kind of a microcosm of all life. People come into a class and, and maybe they're excited. Uh, we have certain folks, I think especially in our Monroe, we're feeling titles. We're like, I'm an A student. I'm going to get an A. And we think we're going to, we get upset when the class isn't easy. And so there's a process that we go through in learning. This is learning anything. And the process is we start, whether we like it or not, no matter how optimistic we are, we literally are in a phase of what educators would call unconscious incompetence. And by the way, if you need some more visuals than just maybe this audio is giving you, you can follow along on, on the video, which is on, on YouTube. So unconscious incompetence, you, you don't even know what you don't know. That's the hardest part about learning something new. No matter how enthusiastic you are when you start, at some point, um, you're just coming out of ignorance. And you hit this really difficult phase where it's called conscious incompetence. You become aware of what you don't know. And this is where learning always gets hard. You realize that this isn't going to be easy. You realize that it's not going to be a weekend seminar and suddenly I'm an expert at this. You realize if you're playing a sport, oh my gosh, yeah, maybe it was easy to beat my kids, but when I play another adult that knows what they're doing, I'm getting annihilated. Maybe you jump on chess.com like I have and you think, well, I know how to play chess, and then you realize you literally can't beat anybody. That's conscious incompetence. And, but eventually, if you keep working at something, and this is what we're, we're going to get to in a, a couple of minutes, you become consciously competent. In other words, with a good mentor, with clear instructions, with a willingness to work and learn, and when you have the right resources around you, 
You can do the work. You're competent. You can do it, again, as long as, say, you have your notes open, your mentor is really close to you. But at some phase, everything clicks, and then it becomes easy, and it becomes so easy you don't even have to think about it anymore. And that's what's known as unconscious competence. Now, this has its own problems because you actually get to a point where you don't even think about what you're doing. But you know, we can become stagnant at really two places in this in this journey. And this, and this talk about mastery, I'm really going to be talking about what happens when you run into conscious incompetence and also what happens when you become unconsciously competent at something. Those are both problems, but they're also invitations to deeper growth. Now, if you're watching on, on YouTube, I have a diagram here, uh, two different diagrams where I'm trying to basically illustrate levels of learning. And one of the best ways to illustrate the move from unconscious incompetence to conscious incompetence, and there's been some studies on this, is a lot of times when we start off learning, we think we're on a hill, we, th we think we're doing well, uh, and we, we actually find ourselves on what, when you're looking back, you're like, you're on the hill of ignorance. I mean, you don't even know what you don't know, but you're so confident that you can do it that you sometimes end up looking kind of silly. But what happens when you are on the hill of ignorance and you become, and you realize, oh my gosh, I actually don't even know what I'm doing. This isn't going to be easy. This is going to take the whole semester to learn, or even worse, this might be a lifelong learning process. We can sink from that hill of ignorance down into the valley of despair. And this is the place where people give up. Now, this also can happen at the other end of the spectrum. You can get really good at something. Like you can become a really good speaker. Again, I'm, I'm thinking of pastors. I have the privilege of teaching at a seminary, and I work with a lot of pastors in my coaching practice. And and most of the folks I work with do really well. They're really good at exegesis. They're really good at teaching and preaching. And you can almost get to the point where you can kind of do it in your sleep. It, but that becomes its own danger place. First of all, when you're to that place where you actually get good at something, is you forget what it took to get there, which makes it really difficult for you to teach someone else how to get to where you were. And this is where we get in problems. We end up having to do everything ourselves because we don't take the time to deconstruct our own learning journey so that we can then give the recipe to someone else and begin to hand off parts of our job. That's what true mentoring does. You make visible your invisible skills. You let people under the hood. You let them behind the curtain so they can see how you actually make the sausage. But a lot of us forget what that's like, right? And then the other thing is we can get content there when, in fact, the true story of life, this is what this other diagram is, is it's growth followed by long periods where you're, lit where you're essentially on a plateau, now, you may be at a high level. Like when I think of myself, and again, not 
not not this is about a brag, but as I deconstruct, I got to the point where I didn't like teaching anymore. I found it boring. And why was it boring? Um, I was I felt like while I was teaching the same things over and over again, I began to actually know in advance what my students were going to ask me every semester. Now, that's awesome, and it made me to be a a very good teacher because it was almost like I could read students' minds. But that gets boring after a while when you know that every semester the students are going to ask the same questions. You know, it's almost like I could just send a robot in and they could play and the robot could play a tape. And that was the danger. What I basically turned into was an, an FAQ list. Like I had a bunch of tapes that would play and when the student would ask question A at exactly the time when they knew they were going to ask question A, the tape played, or I designed my classes simply so that students would have in advance the information that I knew they were going to ask when they got to that point in the semester. Now, you can call that outstanding teaching, and some people do, but I ended up calling it boring because it got too easy, right? Because the reality is, if we want to be fulfilled, we have to have a challenge and we have to keep growing. And here's the deeper thing. If we want to be all in as the persons that God created us to be, it's not that we just that we need a challenge to overcome. We need to learn to love the challenge itself as the whole point. The difference between knowing the path and walking the path. This is where this book Mastery comes in. And uh, Leonard describes mastery and he uses a metaphor from learning Aikido. And he talked about how we need to, you need to learn the basics. And, and a lot of times in the modern world, we rush through the basics because we want to get the payoff. Like we don't, like in seminary, many people struggle and are afraid about learning Greek and Hebrew. So they always want the hack. Oh, if I just get software, I don't need to learn the grammar and the vocabulary. Well, the problem is if you don't know the, understand the, the grammar, the vocabulary, how the language works, the tools simply make you dangerous because you don't even know what you don't know still, and you just end up be better off not even thinking you know Hebrew or Greek at that point. Because we need to get to the basics and dig through that stuff, right? And so it's just like in karate, there's no rush. And he also uses in the book early on a person that wants to learn tennis, and they hire a really good instructor. And the instructor literally for weeks on end just shows them how to hold the racket and how to strike a ball properly, not even playing against someone, and tells the person that if they put enough hours in, in a year or two, they'll be ready for some actual competition. Most of us don't like to hear that because we just want to get out on the court and play. So the author... George Leonard introduces three characters that he says are the enemy of mastery. And, and this is what really got to me. And by the way, this doesn't just isn't just about on like a teaching. This could be to pick any area of your life. It could be your marriage. It could be your parenting. It could be your hobbies. It could be how you handle your finances. It could be whatever. But you pick an area of your life. And I want you to ask yourself, are you continuing to press on and grow in those areas or have you got stuck on some plateau? Because when you get stuck on a plateau, three characters tend to show up. And Leonard calls these characters the dabbler, 
the obsessive, and the hack. And the dabbler, that's the person that's always enthusiastic when they're getting started. Again, they love, like when they start a new business, they start uh, a new class, they start a new hobby, they get all the stuff, they get all the things, the supplies that they need. Um, but the dabbler, though they love the start, they love the new thing, they love to tell everybody about the new thing. But when they hit this hill of, move from the hill of ignorance into the valley of despair, or they hit that first plateau, they quit as soon as it gets hard. I see this in my classes, you know, I've, and I've never really been a dabbler. I'm, I'm very stubborn. But some of you listening are dabblers. You never, you cheat yourself out of the life that you could have because you're afraid of the challenge and you'd rather just go and chase after the next shiny new toy. Don't be afraid to drill down. You can do it. Push through. You deserve to push through the dabbler phase. All right, so that's one character that can show up. Then there's the obsessive. The obsessive is the person when they start something new and they get into this plateau, they're all in and they're not going to give up until they blast through it. So they'll read every book on a subject. They get obsessed with it. They'll hire coaches. They'll, they'll do all the stuff. And it's just by pure willpower, they're going to blast through that plateau. They're going to dig themselves out of the valley of despair. They're going to pull themselves up by their bootstraps just by pure will. Now that works for a while. And you can grow and I've seen this in myself. People know me that I'm kind of an all-in person. I used to be thought of as a workhorse. I used to say I'd run through a brick wall for the right cause. That, that, that's the signs of an obsessive. Somebody that's that just, just going to, by pure determination, do something. And there again, there are people, you know, you can think of movies that we, you know, like Rudy or, uh, or Rocky or something, where you just have this person, that pure willpower. And we kind of lionize folks like that. But notice... And if you live like this, and I can testify this, this is one of my weaknesses. If you live like that, what the, where do you end up? I can tell you, especially if you're a spiritual leader or a pastor and you're just doing this by pure willpower. It's called burnout. Or even worse, a rust out. We become workaholics. And yeah, we can deliver, but we exhaust ourselves by trying to blast through plateaus fast, with willpower, with just pure determination. So when I heard that character, I'm like, yeah, that sounds like me. And then there's the hack. And the hack goes from the hill of ignorance to the valley of despair, and they get to the plateau. And then the hack is just okay with that. They're okay with just getting, being good enough. And I think our modern culture tries to create a lot of hacks. You know, we have a culture of mediocrity. You know, just be good enough. Just barely get across the finish line. Let's be brinksmanship. Let's just get to the over the brink, and we're going to be there. But you know, it, but what a hack ends up being is they can be good. And you can. Here's the thing. Here's the trick. You can end up being a hack at the unconscious competence level. 
like for my for myself, and I'm not sitting here confessing sins on this podcast or whatever, but I got really good at teaching. And in a sense, you know, I still upgraded my classes and stuff. So it's not like I literally just gave up on stuff. But in a real level, I was relying not on growth, but on all the hacks that I'd learned that allowed me to be a super effective teacher. Again, pastors can do this. It's like my sermon was good enough. Any profession, you can just be a hack. You kind of quit growing. You're okay with the plateau. You're not going to do the work that it takes to get to the next level. You're okay with where you are. But the problem with the hack is there's no challenge, and it just gets boring. And even if you get paid really well, you know if you're a hack or not. So when I, when I heard these things, I thought, whoa, okay, the dabbler thing, that's not me. The obsessive, yeah, I've done that before. The hack, yeah, sometimes I can be a hack. I just learned to do certain things and I know that are going to work without really pushing myself. Then I heard what mastery was. And I'm like, you know what? That's what I want to eat. The Leonard tells the story of the founder of judo. And so whatever, this guy ends up being a multi-level black belt. And I mean, I don't know anything about martial arts, but I guess judo is a pretty hard practice. So when this guy dies, this is beautiful because he kept learning, kept growing, kept getting better. That was his whole life, the whole journey. And then when he died, he asked to be buried in his white belt because he knew he was starting the next stage. And I'm like, I love that. I heard N.T. Wright on a podcast, love N.T. Wright's new book on Romans. I'll put that down in the notes. And around the same time when I was thinking about mastery, I heard N.T. Wright on an interview with Preston Sprinkle on Theology in the Raw. And N.T. Wright's written 80 books. I mean, he's memorized a lot of the New Testament in Greek. When I think of a person that knows pretty much the Bible, I think of N.T. Wright. And here he was. He was giddy like a little kid, though he's in his 70s, that he had seen something new in Romans 8 that he hadn't seen before. That's the exact opposite of a hack. Here's a guy that keeps learning all the way. He still knows he, there's more to know. He's learned to love the journey. He doesn't care about knowing the path. He's walking the path every day. He's reading scripture. He's studying. He's keeping up to date. And that's really inspired me. And I, I felt my heart strangely warmed and I felt super pumped. And that's what Leonard is talking about when he talks about mastery. It's learning to love the plateaus. Because you know on the other side of a plateau is going to be growth. And then there's going to be another plateau. And then there's more growth. And then there's another plateau, and there's more growth on and on and on for all eternity. We continue to grow because when you continue to grow, when you embrace those plateaus and keep practicing your, our craft, whatever your craft is, whatever music the, you're giving to the world, keep working at your craft, intentionally practice, do the hard things, lean into it, because as we continue to grow, our contribution to the world can grow as well. And friends, I believe that's what life is ultimately about. That's what it means to walk the path. A couple tips, and I'm going to bring in some of my favorite coach, Dan Sullivan, stuff at this point now too. 
the problem with the hill of ignorance in the start is most of us would like to be confident that we're going to bust through the plateau and that we're going to get there. But as Dan Solvent teaches, confidence is the end product. It's not the starting place. So the only thing that we can do to move forward is make a commitment to lifelong growth in whatever your field is. You're not competing with anybody else. This isn't for external validation. This is your own soul's journey. Commit to that bigger growth curve where you can contribute a little bit more, even when no one's looking. And then consistently practice. Whatever your craft is, do the reps, the practice that makes it better, even the basics. When I teach exegesis, a lot of students want to try to get into the meat of the scriptures, but you, there's, you can't get to the meat until you do the basics. you got to learn the basics, and the basics never go away. And the, and the reality is, the better you get at something, the basics become even more important because they're actually still the raw materials to go deeper and deeper. So consistency. Draw people into yourself. We need community, right? That's where finding colleagues who are on the same journey, right? You know, you're always going to be around people that aren't going to want this kind of journey, the mastery, but make sure that you have in your life people that are on the journey of mastery. That's one of the things I love about coaching. I love to be coached. I love to coach because the people I work with are exactly these kind of people, people that are on a trajectory that want to embrace mastery for their life. So make sure you find your tribe, your people. And then as you move through these plateaus, you're going to get these new capabilities. And that's where confidence comes from. But this is where it doesn't end, right? I, underneath all this, I have a little spiral. Because as I said, growth is going to be like this. It's going to continue going up, but you're going to continue to face spirals or, or plateaus over and over again. And every time you reach and master a plateau and get to the next period of growth, that's going to give you confidence that the process works. I hope this helps. Again, I highly recommend the book Mastery. Have the courage to lean in because that's what happens. I didn't mention that word courage. Courage is the key that unlocks the door to the future that God dreams from for you. Did a whole episode on faith a couple episodes about or on fear. Courage, right? That's a part of this. Have the courage to embrace mastery. Have the courage to become the best version of yourself. Have the courage to open yourself and surrender to God to become that person that God dreamed about when you were first created in your mother's womb. There's a difference, friends, between knowing the path being a good talker, and walk in the path. I'll be 55 in 2024. I don't know how long I will live, but I want to walk the path. I hope you'll join me. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions, reach out to me. Till next time, live by faith, be known by love, and be a voice of hope to others.